we're feeling energized because we just drank a bunch of milk. Hi, everybody. My name is Jordan Reed. And I'm Lindsay Reed. And we did not drink milk. And this is a podcast called Spooky Spouses, a podcast about ghosts and stuff. Each week we talk about things like, I don't know, true crime? Um, the, the spooky thing that I said podcast way too much at the beginning. Ghosts. Skulls. I don't think we've ever talked about skulls, but that's spooky. Today we are. Later. Talk about rap out. We've talked about disembodied voices. Mm -hmm. I'm saying real ones. I know. You're on board today. We talk about cryptozoology. (laughs) I am on board the rap out today. We do talk about cryptozoology. Anything spooky related, really. Every single week, Lindsay and I will separately research a topic. Linz will go to the rap out. I will go to the rat island and oh. i'll reset yeah it's a new thing I'm well there's that now. bird island lens will go to rat boat i'll go to bird island Ew, so uh, stinky i do have a story about bird island and then uh we'll research a topic and then we come into the show we literally walk inside of the show and we record what we've discussed no we discuss, discuss. what we've researched <laughs> with every <laughs> one of a you hard time with words today Man, I it must have been all that milk. It was probably I can't have milk. No, me well, milk make you loopy. <laughs> <laughs> milk make you loopy, and if you have an intolerance to milk, it'll make you poopy. Yeah, that's very true. Well, what I'm trying to say is we talk about things for the first time on the show with each other, so we listen with you. We do. Bird Island story, really quick. When I was younger, me and my buddy Brandon and our buddy Justin Monty all went to Florida. And we took some sea kayaks out in and around Florida, this little area where I guess John Travolta has a house. So we were like, oh, maybe we'll see his house. That's real. Yeah. And then we kayaked close to this island that they called Bird Poop Island. And we got maybe about 100 feet away and we turned around because it smelled so bad. Well, yeah, anything called Bird Poop Island. Yeah. Well, I thought maybe it was just like a silly name. And they're like, oh, who knows? Maybe it's just funny. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was terrible. And I regret kayaking there. I'm so sorry. That's okay. Well, last week we did a crappier cryptid. Uh huh. A game where I have to guess whether it's a real cryptid or a not real cryptid. Just a crappy. <laughs> a crappy. Just based <laughs> essentially, the only thing Lindsay has to, had to go off of was just the name of the cryptid <laughs> and how your mind works. Yeah. And we also talked about the amazing Randy. You either I, love him or you hate him. Amazing Randy. I when I was editing the episode, I was like at the beginning of your amazing Randy story, and it is Randy with an I. Yes. I was like, well, he seems kind of like a butt, but then the more and more you learn about Randy, I really appreciate Randy. He's just being Randy, you know. He's just being Randy. He's being a he was being a cool guy, and I liked him. Yeah, I mean, he's a well, he doesn't like the word debunker, but he is a investigator. That's right. And I do like that word. He either makes magic better for you or he ruins it for you. Yeah, he's making magic happen in one way or another. Yeah. We would also like to take a quick moment and say thank you very much to Jack Flanagan, our best and youngest fan. Uh, His mom, Holly, sent us an email with some photos of Jack. He made his own Lego rat boat. It's very cute and we love it. It's awesome. Uh, Jack, if you send us... A cool photo just of your rap boat, maybe. I don't know. Maybe we'll put it online and show everybody your rap boat. Oh, I feel like we have to get him stuff to put in his rap boat. Oh, yeah. Like uh, rats. Yeah, like live rats. Like a whole box of live rats. Surprise. I'm sorry, Holly. <laughs> You're getting a box of rats. Surprise, Holly and Jack. Go to your door right now. You probably, there's probably a box of very cold rats outside. I, how many rats did we ship them? 5,000? Yeah, there may be like three that are alive, unless they started a little box rat community. Oh, yeah. And they're cannibals and they're eating each other and producing. So they're just uh, in an ecosystem of their own. Yeah, man, it was rat pretty, box. That was pretty poetic what you said. <laughs> Sorry. No, congrats. Oh. oh, thanks. An ecosystem of their own. I liked it a lot. Well, Lindsay, I think you are first this week. I am first. And you got your topic Almost as soon as we were done recording last week, I remember you said, I found my topic for next week, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, well, 
Because I'm in the mood. I'm in that spooky jam. Is it about jelly? No, not <laughs> okay. at all. I mean, I could throw it in there somewhere. It might be inappropriate if I put it in anywhere, but yeah, I can try. Okay. Oh, no. But actually, my story is about a serial murder this week. Uh-oh. We don't talk about serial murders a lot. No, we don't. Because I think it's it can be touchy sometimes. It can be touchy. And a lot of people know about a lot of serial murderers because they're terrible, terrible people. I think the thing about them is, is that they're awful people. Yeah, but this one I liked because, first of all, A, it's a woman. You don't hear about a lot of women serial killers. No, I can only name maybe two off the top of my head. And B, she's kind of, I mean, she's not funny, but I've never heard of her. And she's pretty intense. Okay. But her name is, well, she was born Sharon Elizabeth Hall, and she was born November 30th, 1939. She got married, and she is, well, referred to as Sharon Kinney. Sharon. That's what most people know her as. Kinney. Sharon Kinney. So Sharon Kinney was really beautiful. She was a housewife. She obviously had a dark side. Oh, you don't say. (laughs) <laughs> and that's my story that's it I'm not gonna tell you anything else i want i want to do a segment on or like a whole episode where you and i just bring up terrible people in history and we say something like nice and kind of innocuous about them and then we go but they had a dark side but they had a dark side next person genghis khan <laughs> also had a dark side genghis next khan person really good at basketball but he had kind of a dark side <laughs> and then we'll do another one Okay, so my story starts in the evening of March 19th, 1960. Police were summoned to a ranch-style home in Independence, Missouri. I thought you were going to say Independence, Ohio. No. Oh, weird. My dad used to work there. 10 miles east of Kansas City, which is really funny because we've been watching the new Queer Eye season and it takes place like around this whole area. Can I take a quick second and just say that I think humanity needs that show and it's an excellent show. Yeah, just be nice to each other. Just be nice all the time. Let's be nice to each other. Okay, back to murder. Ready. Yeah, stabs. All right. Stabs. <laughs> Sorry, not stabs. So a young housewife, Sharon, claimed to have heard a gun go off in the bedroom where her husband James was. Okay. Upon entering, she said she found her young daughter, Deanna, holding a twenty-two caliber pistol and her husband shot in the back of the head. Is this what she told she told police this? Yes. I get it. The victim was loaded into the ambulance. By the time he arrived at the hospital, he was dead. Sharon walked in. She said her daughter had a gun that was obviously loaded, which if you're going to have a gun, make sure it's not loaded. Yeah, I would think so. Practice safe gun stuff. After an investigation, the toddler proved that she could actually pull a trigger on a 22 caliber pistol. So the police declared that James's death was an accident. Because... They tested it with the toddler. Yes. Okay. So they're like, pretty good story. I mean, yeah, but still a little fishy, I think. So in that April of that year, using the money from her husband's insurance policy, Sharon purchased a Ford Thunderbird from a car salesman named Walter Jones. Walter Jones. (laughs) Got herself a Thunderbird with that husband money. (laughs) little suspicious well (laughs) yeah yeah if you're gonna go buy a thunderbird yeah so remember that this happened in march okay the whole her husband died okay in april she's buying a thunderbird and she hits it off with walter the car salesman and they start dating okay sure problem with walter is he has a wife ah see never good yeah so still a little you know getting pretty suspicious now yeah, I would think so. I mean, like, there, there's a the whole thing where, like, people do wacky stuff after a traumatic experience, but I don't know. Yeah. So, anyways, Walter, the car salesman, was married to a woman named Patricia. In May, it's just the next month later, um, <laughs> Sharon requested that Walter join her on a trip. He declined because he said, you know, I'm married. Yeah. And she used the whole, I'm pregnant, though, with your child. Oh, gosh. So Sharon expected that he would leave his wife because now she's pregnant. Yeah. And Walter just broke it off. Okay. He's like, I don't want you in my life. Yeah. You buy one Thunderbird. One Thunderbird, you end up pregnant. That's, that's what why, I always say. Well, yeah, that's why I've never bought a Thunderbird. Yeah, if you buy one, you're going to have a baby. Yeah, and it's like how... And you can't even put your baby in your Ford Thunderbird because it's like, it's a sports car. Yeah, kinda. they're unsafe. And they just yeah. look too tough. 
don't put your baby in there. No. But remember, too, she has a child of her own as well. Yes, she does. That she blamed the killing of her husband on. Yes. Mm. Not good. So not long after that, Patricia, Walter's wife, goes missing. Oh, go figure. Yeah. After filing a missing persons report, Walter spoke with Patricia's friends in hopes of uncovering any clues about the whereabouts of his wife. And a group of friends that she normally carpooled with said that she had taken a suspicious phone call while they were driving, I guess. I don't know, because they didn't have cell phones back then. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. And maybe it was like at work or something because they would carpool to work. Oh, So maybe at work they took a suspicious phone call. And they said that it was definitely a female voice on the phone. And shortly after that, she ended up missing. Yikes, huh? Yeah. And then they, they suspected Sharon... Because as soon as this lady ended up going missing, she bought another Thunderbird. (laughs) She actually bought 16 Thunderbirds and had 16 new babies. At the end of her life, when she was in prison, (laughs) Sharon Kinney owned 35 Thunderbirds. Well, Walter confronted Sharon, obviously. What do you say? Hey, did you kill my wife? I think you killed my wife. (laughs) I gave you a great deal on a Thunderbird and you killed my wife? I knocked off. $5,000 off the MSRP, and you go and kill my wife. Yeah, well, Sharon admitted that she had met up with Patricia and told her about the affair. And she tried to make the story of like, well, maybe Patricia left you and she ran away because she was mad at you because you're having an affair. Yeah. She stuck to her story. Walter didn't quite believe it, obviously. Yeah. So anyway, Sharon started um, dating a high school friend named John. Okay. And she even was trying to claim her innocence so much that her and John put up these big search parties and tried to help Walter find Patricia. Seems like a nice thing to do on surface level. Sure. Yeah. But then you go to the dark so, web. So yeah. nobody was believing it. Um, Police questioned Sharon. They thought she was guilty. They took her in for trial because they're like, we don't think that this is true. Yeah. Well, they wanted to arrest her and put her in prison for this murder. But since she was pregnant, you can't be put on trial when you're pregnant. Oh, because they're afraid you might have the baby in in court. I don't know. I don't know if that's still a rule today. But back in the 60s, obviously, you were not allowed to be on trial if you were pregnant. So they had to wait until she delivered the baby. Because I guess that makes sense logistically. Because if you were to have the kid and you were on the stand, then they have to question the new baby. Right. Because they're like, well, you were there too. You were there too. You were. Did you hear anything, baby? <laughs> did you hear anything, baby? And the baby's like, what? Guys, I just got here. Catch me up. What's the baby's name? The baby's name? Thunderbird. Yeah. Thunder. <laughs> Thunder first name. Bird middle name. Kinney last name. Oh. That's a cool name. Is it? Thunderbird Kinney. That's actually kind of cool. Well, not really under the circumstances of this murder investigation. Yeah, but Like, detached. I don't recommend anybody name their kid that just because I'm talking about Sharon. No, but if you like the sound, Thunder, just the, the sound in general, you like birds, that's cool. Thunderbird. Thunderbird. Then your last name. <laughs> Anyways, so they had to wait for her to deliver the baby. Sharon was tried separately for each murder. The trial for the murder of Patricia, the wife, in June 1961... And the media soon covered the case. They were all over it. She was so pretty and innocent seeming that she was found not guilty. And one of the jurors on her case actually asked for her autograph at the end. Whoa. And there's a picture of it. Like media got pictures of her giving out autographs at the end. That is so bizarre. That's so bizarre. Well, people still do that on murder cases. Like they... They, I don't think, idolize the killers, but like, I mean, some people do, but like outside of trials, people used to just like hoard everywhere and sell oh, t-shirts. Yeah. I mean, look at Ted Bundy's. They were making t-shirts and yeah, about and, to fry him and all this stuff. And it's crazy. And you and I were talking about those t-shirts. What did it say? Like, like let Bundy fry or something like that. Yeah. They were selling it across the street from the prison. There probably were so much money now, like the That's original t-shirts from that 
trial. Oh, for sure. And then you were also talking about recently the one guy who's in jail and people are sending him letters. Like he, what, killed his family and they're like sending him letters. Like, oh, yeah. I don't understand what happened psychologically. People are really into that. I don't know. I mean, we like talking about it, but I don't think I'm going to like send a murderer a letter. No. Like there's... there. like, what's up, bub? How's prison today? Hey, uh... Send me your autograph and also like write write me a funny joke or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's so crazy. I mean, she obviously charmed the juror because I don't know the the jury. It ended in mistrials. It ended up in a hung jury. I mean, it just never went anywhere. And they were trying her for just the death of Patricia. Okay, this is. Because they already tried her for her husband. No, they thought it was her daughter. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. So they never had any evidence or suspicion that that was her. So before her fourth trial could begin in October, because she kept having hung juries and mistrials, and she skipped town and headed to Mexico with her new boyfriend named Francis. Okay, better name. Yeah, but it's like, okay, suspicious. You're on your fourth trial and now you're like, Mexico. Yeah, true. Later. Yeah, I get that. New new Thunderbird or? Yeah, probably. They drove down in a brand new one. Or the same one, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how much Thunderbirds cost in the 60s. But um, she claimed that she intended to get married there to Francis. Oh, in Mexico? Yeah, so this is October. And this is only like... Four years after her husband died and like a year or so after she killed this other lady. Yeah, maybe take a breather, huh? Yeah, she's busy. I don't know. It doesn't say anything about her going to work. Where is her other daughter? I don't know. Like, who's got the kid? But anyways, she went down to Mexico in the intention that she was going to get married to Francis. But she met another guy, Francisco. Okay. So she went from a Francis to a Francisco. Yes. In a bar. And she went back to a hotel room with him. And then there was gunshots. She went back to the hotel room with Francisco? Francisco. What happened to Francis? I don't know. He was doing something else. I get maybe he was setting up for the wedding. <laughs> She's like, I got so, Francisco. Do you think before Francis, she was dating a Frank? Maybe she just it gets longer and longer. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she goes to the hotel room with this guy. Everybody hears gunshots. When the police come, she said that he was trying to kill her. So ah. in self-defense, she shot him. She also wounded an, a hotel employee because a hotel employee entered the room after they heard the gunshots. Yeah. She's just gone crazy. So injured a hotel employee? Yeah, she injured. She didn't kill a hotel employee. Did she? But she did kill Francisco. Do you know how the hotel employee was injured? I think they just were shot like in the leg or something. Oh, that's it? Because they tried to (laughs) enter the room. They heard gunshots. They tried to help. They entered the room. Were also shot. I wonder if they were entering the room. I wonder if they were entering the room because they were about to deliver coffee or something like they'd order room service. They're like, do you still want the coffee or no? I heard the gunshots. I'll take off. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. But anyway, so they're like, okay. The police are finally like, okay, this is weird. She's on trial. She skips to Mexico. Now she's dealing with the Mexican police. Okay. This is a whole nother country. Yeah. So, and and you're you're an illegal, like you're an illegal citizen over there. Yeah. She was just there on vacation trying to get married. Now she has to deal with the police there. Again. Again. So the Mexican police did not believe that he was trying to kill her and they tried her for homicide. What they did find out is that they teamed up with the U.S. police. Okay. Because she was obviously running away. And they did ballistics on the gun that she used to kill Francisco. And it was the same gun that killed Patricia. Oh. So now they have evidence on her that she killed the wife and this new boyfriend of Mm. hers. (coughs) Bless you. Thank you. I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) So now she's really on trial. And she finally, in October 1965, so a year later, was convicted and um, received a 10-year prison sentence. Only a 10-year prison sentence. 
for killing two people. Yeah. What? How? I don't know. I guess it was the 60s. I guess it was like, well. <laughs> it was the 60s. <laughs> and like if if the the people who set her punishment or her like her time in prison, when they were asked about it nowadays, they're like, ah, oh, it was the 60s. What do you want? Yeah. I, the, the U.S. police were like, you're being a little too lenient. I think we should add another 13 years. But yeah. they kind of were just like, well, we'll see how this 10 year goes. <laughs> And then we'll think about it. Let's see how she acts. So everything just seems really chill about this. But she did have to stay in a Mexican prison. And they gave her the nickname La Pistolera, the gunfighter. Yeah, that sounds cool. So she got a cool nickname, but she's not a cool person. When I was landscaping, I got a cool nickname from my friend who was from Mexico. El Perito? uh, Perico. Yeah, which means the (laughs) parrot because I talk a lot. Weird that you have a podcast then. Yeah. So uh, Bartolo, if you're listening, uh, (laughs) hey, man. (laughs) Hey. Hey. So it doesn't really stop there. So it then, No. So December 7th, 1969, Sharon has is in prison. She's been in prison now for a little bit. In Mexico? Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she didn't show up for a daily roll call. Obviously, they were like, okay, she's escaped. She's somewhere. They believe that she bribed the guards and made her escape during a blackout the night before. Oh, okay. So they had a blackout in the prison. She's like, I'm taking advantage, bribed a guard, got out. Yeah, peace out. I'm out of here. Some people believe that her boyfriend aided in her escape. Which one? We don't know. It just Francis? said boyfriend. Did Francis come back? <laughs> well, it's not Francisco. No, because he did. So it has to be Francis because her husband's dead. And then yeah, her lover I'm... wants nothing to do with her. And Francisco's dead. So it's got to be Francis. Maybe Francis. And... But this is just what people believe. Oh, okay. This isn't This isn't. This isn't proven for sure oh, okay um one theory claims that a family of a lost victim busted her out of jail and i was like why would they do that because they think that that family member would have the pleasure of hunting her and killing her themselves oh wow we so they were like we'll get you out trying to be nice to her but then they think they wanted to go kill her she's out of jail nobody knows how she really got out maybe being hunted by somebody maybe being hunted i don't know she's kind of asking for it she's running around killing everyone i would say she's for sure asking for it so the u.s fbi and the mexican police are working together now because they're like the u.s is like there's no way she's getting back into the u.s Mm -hmm. so she's probably going to like guatemala or something because she's Farther south. Yeah, she's probably not in Mexico still. She's on the run. So they did a brief search in Mexico. They thought maybe she would try to go through Guatemalan lines. They knew that she wasn't getting into the U.S. There was warrants out for her arrest. They just couldn't find her. They just couldn't find her at all. So still to this day, it's making it the longest outstanding arrest warrant in Kansas City area for the longest outstanding felony warrant in the U.S. history. It's still, they still have not found her? Yeah. They have they have... checked the sky? They're just checking the ground. Well, she's an alien? She might, maybe not. <laughs> she's but living like, in a tree. People are so close-minded. They're always checking the cities and the streets. Check the sky. That's what I say. Well, she was young when all this happened. And this was all happening about 1960s, like 1969 is when she escaped from prison. So like, it's likely that she's still out there somewhere. Oh, for sure. Because you you said she was born in, what, 39 or something? Yes. So when How this, old would that make her? If this was happening in 69, she would have been exactly 30 years old. Okay. So she's still young. And then if she's able to hide out, years have gone by. I'm sure she looks nothing like... Well, she might be dead uh, now. I was going to say, how old would she be? If it was 69, 30 years, 99, she'd be 60, and then 2070. Right now, she'd be about 80 years old. So she's older now. She's but she, well... She if, could be alive. She very well could be alive, yes. Maybe... This is why I don't think she is alive. Okay. Because she was so, like, into just killing people willy-nilly that I think that since there's been no other weird cases... But she didn't leave, like, a signature kill mark or anything. It wasn't like she killed people in a certain way. I guess So it's like people could just be shot and that could be her and no one knows it. Yeah, exactly. Unless you were to analyze every single victim who had been shot and killed... 
ballistically in, in, in and around Mexico or anywhere. Or Guatemala. Even in, yeah, like in Central America, even like South America. Who knows where she is? Right. Uh, and be like, oh, it's the same gun. And it's like, okay, I don't, th- I, I'm, I'm not sure every single uh, shooting victim, is that how you say it? Sure. Is going through that level of ballistics research. Right. So, I mean, she kind of got out. She kind of just peaced out, it sounds like. Yeah, she kind of used her good looks and her little charm. And she just like, I do what I want. And now we... Cash me in Mexico. Cash me. Cash me. In Ecuador. <laughs> Cash me in Guatemala. <clears throat> Cash me in Papua New Guinea in probably my not. Thunderbird. How about that? So La Pistolera is probably still out there slinging guns. I don't know. Well, now she's 80. She's probably just watching maybe the new season of Queer Eye. <laughs> she's probably <laughs> slinging scarves, knitting scarves and stuff. She's probably slinging coasters or doilies. She's like knitting those scarves, but like it says like, I killed my husband on them or like <laughs> like embroidery. Like she makes these beautiful blankets, but it says like, aha, I'm just slinging <laughs> how do you and spell, winging. How do you spell the... the... Uh, uh, uh. Oh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Yeah. I thought you said, aha. Aha. <laughs> I killed my husband and I've killed a lot of people and I'm slinging and winging is what you said yeah but that's just kind of a quick summary of sharon elizabeth hall or better known as sharon kinney or la pistolera or la pistolera was that cool when i said it like that yeah you want me to do it again i guess so no i won't okay fine (laughs) (laughs) i will i'll leave you wanting more do you think because she was born and raised in kansas city do you think the only people who could find her now would be the fab five what if the Fab Five found her and were like, you're a great person, and then she murdered all of them, and they're like, no. Hey, don't. Don't. That's not what our show's about. Don't. It's about love. It's about love, not shooting us and driving what away. If, what if they knew her backstory? Oh, and, and they were like reading it on the tablet in their GMC in the beginning? <laughs> so this is Sharon Kinney. She needs a little help. She needs some help. Now, she apparently loves to shoot people, and they're like, oh, gross. That's so out of season. Yeah. That'd be great. How do we get the Fab Five? I don't know. To help us just with whatever. But you have to be nominated. You can't nominate yourself. Maybe you and I both nominate each other. Sure. Well, if anyone's feeling nice, you want to nominate us. <laughs> I don't know what we need help with. Well, I can't dress myself. No, and I am and I am wearing uh, shorts that have fishes all over them right now that yeah. look like underwear, but they are not. It's a swimsuit. <laughs> So you know what? I'm just recording in my swimsuit. I am. Literally. You are. Maybe you really we are. we do need some help. <laughs> <laughs> I'm recording in my Okay, s- maybe Jordan Reed needs to be nominated for the Fab Five because he is wearing a swimsuit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing some trunks. It's March. I bought them in Detroit and they're my favorite shorts. <laughs> okay. Well, Linz, I really liked your story. Thank you. Well, I like the story you brought in. Or unless you made it up. Maybe I'm Sharon. Maybe you're La Pistolera. (laughs) I went back in age. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole nother story. Okay. Time travel? Yeah. I do love time travel stuff. It's wacky. It's wacky. It blows my mind. People that make like time travel kits that you can buy off the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Also, don't buy one. Yeah, I mean. Let us pay us. We'll make you one. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, I would love to make one. Wouldn't that be fun? Like I can't guarantee that'll work, but. You scared our dog. Because she hates time travel. I know she does. Well, should we do some haunted housekeeping? Yes, let's do some haunted housekeeping, please. We will see each and every one of you in three, two, one. Our extremely haunted show is brought to you by Vidi Space. Vidi Space is an online spooky streaming service started by our buddies Nick Groff and Elizabeth Saint. You can find everything spooky on there, including us, and it's really scary. <laughs> yeah, I think just the fact that we're on there is terrifying. Vidi Space is an app that you can download on your iPhone or your Android. You can also go to vidi.space on your computer computer and search a bunch of super spooky content documentaries about bigfoot alien stuff maybe you want to watch some more creepy things about the men in black because this show just really inspired you to do it go right ahead start streaming and screaming you can go to vidi.space that's v-i-d-i.space and get a 15-day trial for free and browse all the content you'd like and then see what you think and then maybe you just want to be spooked and scared and scream all the time you can do it 
We also are a proud member slash part of the Scavengers <laughs> family at the Scavengers Network. That's true. The Scavengers Network was started by our big, beautiful boss boy, baby, baby boy, boy, Colin M. Parker. And it's home to a lot of wonderful podcasts and some YouTube vids as well. You can check out podcasts on there like new shows, Insanely Haunted, I Dunno Radio, Myth Takes, a, a tabletop role-playing game podcast, the new show Morgan Needs a Podcast by with, with our buddy Morgan Spatola, all sorts of stuff. You can go to scavengersnetwork.com or check out the Scavengers Network on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook and stay up to date with all your pod buds. Welcome back, everybody. Hopefully in the haunted housekeeping zone, you swept, you mopped, you dusted, you crusted, and you... Uh, you saged and you raged. You, oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Rage saging. Saging and raging. It's hard to say. What? Rage saging. I'm rage saging. Now, <laughs> one could rage sage if their house is just literally in Infested with demons, and you're right. doing a rage sage. Yeah, put on your favorite <sighs> metal band, rage sage. Okay, so I've been thinking. I don't know if this is necessarily where we want to go because a lot of people have T-shirts, but like, I really like the idea of like a spooky spouse's like heavy metal style T-shirt or something, or like maybe even like some merch. Yeah, if we had one that says rage sage. Yeah, on it. I don't know. That'd just be cool. Like cool heavy metal font. Maybe we'll do it. Nah, maybe. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's it's really, just for our listeners out there, I keep getting a little bit tripped up because it's a Saturday. We're recording this on a Saturday, and we typically record on Sunday, and I keep getting messed up. But the reason why we are recording this on a Saturday is because when you're hearing this episode yesterday, this past Sunday, Lindsay and I went to Horror Hound in Cincinnati. Which there's going to be so many good horror actresses and actors yes now we won't say the one we'll say that one for the end but there's going to be elvira there christina ricci christina ricci are you kidding me pugsley pugsley and his headshot is still pugsley from the movies in the 90s and no one knows what he looks like christopher lloyd yeah Polly uh, shore Polly shore which is the best scary person ever yeah and Polly shore was just trapped in a starbucks bathroom somewhere in indiana in indiana <laughs> welcome to the midwest and Polly i shore. was in indiana last weekend and i will say that i did see see one starbucks there maybe that was the starbucks <laughs> yeah you might have been at marion university and the most the person we're most excited to I'm see hopefully doug jones our special sweet tall, little baby boy sweet baby boy doug jones now from our twitter account we do tweet at him. We tweet towards Doug quite often. He's probably scared of us. And that's what I worry about. Like, I think the spooky spouses <laughs> are scaring Doug Jones. Because we're always like, oh, we love you so much. You're so great. And I, and I, and I worry that Doug is thinking, who are, do these people want to collect my blood? Like, you guys need well, to Well, what if we show up to the convention and there's like wanted posters of like, and it's not our faces. It's just like our tweet profiles <laughs> our twitter or profiles we we go up to like uh pay for a photo with doug and the people taking his money were like oh not you guys you can't come in here so if anyone can do us a favor on twitter if you tweet at doug jones and say that Lindsay and i spooky spouses were just regular people who just really appreciate doug we need some people who have our backs so he knows that we're not trying well, to steal his blood. if more people tweeted him about us, then he's going to get even more scared. You think? Yeah. Yeah, don't because do now, it. Because now you're just adding fuel <laughs> to the fire. I forget what I... No, I regret what I said. <laughs> so please don't do it. But, uh, but follow and love Duck Jones because he's a great, wonderful human being. He really is. And he works really closely with Guillermo del Toro, which we've talked about a few episodes ago and how he's the best. And we just love Doug Jones. And plus, Doug Jones loves dolphins. And he was a mime. <laughs> and he's just a really good human being. So if you don't hear from us for a while, it's because we have convinced Doug to take us with him just in life in general. And we are now his assistants. 
And I'm super stoked about Doug Jones. But honestly, me personally, I'm really stoked about Elvira. Elvira? Like who gets to meet Elvira? I think you mentioned that a few days ago and I said like, well, her family. But like other than that, you know, like not a lot of people. She's a legend. She is what? 70? She is the spooky legend. She is the spooky legend. Oh, she's wonderful. She's 70 or something now. I don't know. She's still kicking it, doing her thing. She rules. She does rule. Christina Ricci, though, too. I love Christina Ricci. Oh, babe also, alert. Also the guy, also the guy who um played Lurch in the Adams family movies as yeah, well. Yeah, Pugsley will be there too. All the, like everyone's going to be there. They have an Adams family panel going on. They have a Adams family crammel. <laughs> <laughs> we're super excited if you can't tell. We really are. And there's a vendor's room is going to be huge and we're going to buy so many t-shirts and fun toys. <laughs> we're going to buy we're going to buy toys. Okay, Lindsay, this week I have two bits of breaking booze. Okay. And I'm very excited about both of them. Okay, I'm going to ask you which one you want first. Do you want the hallucination one first or the cult one first? Mm, let's do the hallucination because I really like cult, so we'll do that one second. Okay, you might not like this cult. That'll okay. be a little bit of a dessert. <laughs> a little treat. A little treat to snack on later. <laughs> I don't know why I thought you were going to say a little treat for mama. Ew. <laughs> I, well, yeah. And I was like, I'm getting ready to get weirded out. But I guess that was me projecting. Okay. So in the UK, where it's particularly damp most of the year. Yeah. Damp and cold. There ends up being a lot of black mold in people's homes. Ah, more yes. so than areas of the US. And scientists believe that certain types of black mold are leading to hallucinations. And well, that's yeah. why people are reporting ghosts in their house, like having seen ghosts and spirits. Mm. It's all related back to black mold. Well, it kind of makes sense in like old abandoned haunted buildings too. Because like, oh, for there's sure. mold and asbestos everywhere. Like if you've seen some of the homes that people have investigated, whether it's our buddies, the Ghost Adventures crew, Ghost Hunters, uh, Nick Groff, anybody. When they investigate these places over in England, specifically, they're much older buildings. They're way more historic. Right. All sorts of cool stuff that lends itself well to that aesthetic, right? Yes. But when you go over there, I'm not sure, and this might be ignorance on my part, I don't know how up to code, quote unquote, a lot of the buildings are. And I think that it leads to black mold. Yeah. Well, we have black mold here. I mean. We do. Yeah. But I I mean, I'm just thinking of like, remember uh, in Ghost Adventures, they went to that one guy's house, like the Rams Inn or something where it was this old man living in this house where it was like extremely haunted by all these demons and stuff. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Either way, black mold, according to scientists, might lead to hallucinating. Okay. One in three people in Britain believe that a house can be haunted. And 28% of people who were surveyed in Britain believe that they've experienced or seen a supernatural a supernatural presence. 28% is kind of a lot. Yeah, that's a good chunk of change. A little over a quarter of them. But growing number of scientists believe that toxic mold, which grows in the walls of damp homes in the UK, could be to blame for all the hallucinating. I can see that. But how long do you have to be exposed to that black mold before you see hallucinations? I don't know. I would like to think immediately, but I know that's not the case. (laughs) Right, because I feel like if you go to investigate a building or something and there's black mold in there, like if you're in there for an hour, I doubt that you'll have any effects. But if you like live there and you're always exposed to it, then yeah. Yeah, I I think it's a good amount of exposure over time. There was this 29-year-old, I did not get her name, but she lives in Hackney. I guess it's in East London. And she's been reporting suffering from exhaustion and memory loss and her hair has been coming out chunks Mm -hmm. and they went to search her home oh and she's been developing this rash all over her face oh great and her body and it's because of insane amounts of black mold in her house's foundation and like in her walls and stuff and she was also reporting like after these these symptoms have been happening for a while that she's been seeing ghosts in her home Mm. so they think it's just the black mold they think it's that black mold specifically the type of fungus called rye ergot Fungus, which sounds like a Mortal Kombat character, doesn't it? A little bit. Rigorot. <laughs> yeah, Rai. What's Rigorot's special Mortal Kombat move? It makes you hallucinate and think there's a million of them, and then he uppercuts you, and like your skull, your like entire skeletal system just pops out of your body. Hmm. 
Man, I love how gory Mortal Kombat is. I feel like it, I could see him like, it's a him, I guess, because we've already both said him. Sure. So it he shoots like this thing at you and your body covers in like moss. Oh, cool. And then it like makes you deteriorate. Like it just crumbles you. I like that. Until your bones and dirt. And then when you're a pile of uh, bones and dirt, just a tiny little fart comes out. Why does that have to happen? What? I forgot what we were talking about. Just a tiny little <laughs> like blood drops. I like flicks that. Out. That's better. Because then that's the Mortal Kombat way because it's just super gory. Yeah. No farting, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mortal Kombat actually has that written in the rules like with the designers. like No farts. No farts. No, thank you. But some of the effects of rye ergot are psychedelic, especially when it's ingested causing hallucinations and delusions are like at the top of the list. Here's a quote from a, from a smart scientist. These molds could be well behind many ghost sightings. It's important that homeowners are aware of the dangers of rye ergot, end quote. So that is either true or the ghosts are like, ha ha, they think it's the mold. Ha <laughs> ha. Got him again. We got him again for a second time. We can haunt the bejesus out of this lady because they think it's the mold. They think she crazy. Yeah. They think they think she's sick. We know she's sick with it. The ghost disease. <laughs> sick with the ghost disease. That's cool to say. Down with the sickness. Okay, my next piece of breaking booze is about a... <laughs> Before Molly interrupted me, my next piece of breaking booze is about a cult, also in London. So I guess there is this bed and breakfast called The Lighthouse Okay. in Somerset Village near, I don't know if it's Frome or Froome, like Chris Froome, the, the cyclist. The cyclist. F-R-O-M-E, Frome. We'll, we'll just say Frome because we're ignorant. Okay. Um, so it's the Lighthouse Bed and Breakfast in Somerset Village. And I guess they're finding out that this lighthouse is also doubling as a meeting spot for this pretty intense cult called the Universe or called Universal Medicine is the name mm. of the cult. Do they do anything with medicine? Kinda. The, the one thing that they do is a little bit silly is... They do burping therapy, which this is real, oh, okay. where they burp a ridiculous amount of times to purge toxins from their body. What if you can't burp? I can't burp. Well, I guess you wouldn't ever be able to get Aww. in the universal method. Bummer. That's another cult that I can't be part of. I think it's okay that you're not <laughs> in this cult because I, I did oh, some, no. I did a little bit of research on this cult and all I want to say is that it's very bad Yeah. and very bad. Most cults aren't great. Yeah, this one I think fits the bill. Not a good cult. Yeah. But they do have burping therapy, which I think completely separate of the entire cult. If you were to get footage, say you you, you hop online, you're looking at like a, a live streaming meeting of this cult and it's just a room full of people just burping nonstop. That's, I hate burping. So do I. Well, no, you know you what? You like it. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think it's a little bit gross if it's a room full of people just burping nonstop. Yeah, that's weird. But also something you don't see every day. Also an experience that you could that you could gain that you could that you could I uh, guess adapt. so that seems horrible already yeah well uh either way please don't stay at the lighthouse bed and breakfast in somerset village in london uh, or in england because i guess this is where a lot of cult members hang out okay and i guess that's a new finding they they just recently discovered that oh hey this is doubling as a cult hangout oh but you said they are they do really bad things burping is not their bad thing burping is their silly thing but they think it helps purge them of all their toxins and impurities and stuff okay but they also do a lot of really bad stuff okay. yeah which so i don't want to get good. into yeah mm. yeah so stay away i'll stay away please Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm over in what it's in england yeah i'm over there a lot yeah but i'll what stay you, away what do you do over there um you know just crafts and stuff that's cool Go over there, get a couple crafts done, um, <laughs> maybe see if Polly Shore is in any of the Starbucks. Yeah. And then I just kind of come home, wrap it up for the day. Cool. If you see Polly Shore, you guys like wheeze the juice or munch on some grindage. Yeah. Or, that's cool. Yeah. Good, Lens. Yeah. Well, I would like to discuss 
at least a little bit. And I want to dive more into this in a future episode. I don't know exactly when because I want to get a bunch of good information. But I wanted to start getting into at least a little bit because we've been asked to do it. Okay. Uh, sleep paralysis. Yeah, we got into it a little bit. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so sleep paralysis, if for the for the uninformed, I guess, is a condition in which a person feels conscious but paralyzed, except for the ability to move their eyes and breathe immediately after waking up. Right. So it's this weird in-between between being fully awake and having motor skills and being fully asleep. See, I don't think I've ever had sleep paralysis. Neither have I, and I've thought about it. Like, I've woken up, woken? Woken. Sure, yeah. I've I've woken (laughs) up probably a bunch, like quickly, out of nowhere in the middle of the night. Yeah. And I don't think I've been dreaming or that I've been startled, but like I've had my my motor skills. I've never been trapped, quote unquote. Not able to move. Yeah, I've never experienced it. It's scary to think about. It's really scary. Like to think I don't want to be like I've had scary dreams and I don't want to be like stuck in that scary dream and like no. awake. No. Now, I, I have had dreams where... I thought that I've woken up, but like you're still kind of dreaming a little bit, like you're kind of coming out of your dream. Yeah. If you, if if our listeners remember the interview that we did or the hangout session we did with our parents, not the level of my dad where he was two dreams deep. Yeah. But yeah, I've never suffered from sleep paralysis. So it's, it's, it's difficult for me to like get a grasp on it. I always think of the movie The Cell with J-Lo. What a good movie. It is a good movie. But like I always think of that like is that basically they put them in this this dream state. Yeah. But like they almost kind of put them in like a sleep paralysis. To me, I think that is full, you know, although Hollywood and full lucid dreaming. Yeah, where, I guess you're right. Where you're fully in a dream state, but you're fully cognizant and you have your motor skills and your wits about you. <laughs> your you're, wits. Uh, you have your wits about you when you're in the actual dream state. Yeah. And sleep paralysis is having your wits about you, but not being able to do anything about it because you're frozen. Right. I know that my brother's dealt with sleep paralysis before. Yeah, which I, we've talked about on the show. Yeah. I, I forget his story at the moment. I know that Eli, who wrote the music for our show, has dealt with sleep paralysis before. Yes. Um, he's told us about that. But I also want to get into a little bit um, our friend Roxy, fan of the show mm-hmm. and friend of ours. Uh, also, winner of a giveaway, she sent in a while ago this giant PDF of this of like stories that she's written because I guess she deals with it quite a quite a bit. Oh wow! And I asked her like, "Am I allowed to share this on the show?" And she said, "Yeah, sure, go ahead." Um, so I want to get into a little bit of that. But sleep paralysis apparent apparently happens when a person experiences an incomplete transition from sleep to wakefulness, and the related processes in the brain usually snap on simultaneously when when you do wake up. The the usual okay, now you can move your body. They just right. fail fail to, I guess, actuate upstairs. Here's a quote from a smart person. Quote, normally during rapid eye movement or REM sleep, our consciousness is in the off position and our ability to move our muscles is also in the off position. Sleep paralysis means that our muscles remain in the off position while our, conscience, or while our consciousness switches to an on position, end quote. Now, where I fumbled over my words, that was in the quote. So it wasn't just me. Oh, okay. Yeah, that wasn't just it said, me. It was like, quote, fumble here. It said, a uh, very smart person fumbles over their words and the whole crowd laughs at them <laughs> and continue. Yeah. The vivid sensory experiences people sometimes experience during sleep paralysis are called hypnagogic or hypnagogic (laughs) i feel silly i don't know these (laughs) or hypnopompic hallucinations Hmm. they occur when one is falling asleep and waking up respectively so there are like standard visuals that people see when they experience sleep paralysis or similar things that they all feel during sleep paralysis these might include uh, hearing footsteps, experiencing levitation, seeing or hearing and sensing the presence of menacing intruders. So I don't believe there are any stories of sleep paralysis where it's like not harmful. 
you always feel right. it's like a stressful situation stressful situation for sure or like someone or something is trying to do harm to you is it stress like induced i think a lot of it can be stress induced a lot of it can be if you're sleep deprived which yeah. is kind of ironic you fall asleep and then you're suffering from sleep deprivation when you are asleep that you boom you wake up and you're in, I guess, uh, an episode of sleep paralysis. Yeah. And it's and it's odd, too, because people are always like there's there's much more research on it than I'm getting into now. But people are always experiencing pretty similar things. And people are like, OK, am I experiencing sleep paralysis? And when I do, I'm sort of in this halfway between reality and the afterlife or natural versus supernatural why is it always the exact same stuff? Right. Most people do see someone who is intruding or a shadow person. And what's cool about this is that depending on how you were brought up or I guess socially, a lot of people will just see a shadow person or if you're a firm believer in certain types of religions, people report seeing like the bad guy, quote unquote, of their religion. So if you associate closely with Christianity, you end up seeing you you say or you report you've seen a demon or the devil. Right. Which is heavy duty. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to see anybody intruding no. while I'm sleeping. No, neither do I. Uh, no thanks, please. Like it could be one of those little like Japanese mascot characters that I love. And yeah, like I, I still those. would be like, I don't want to see that. <laughs> I'm sleeping. Why is it in here? Yeah, get out of here. And then a lot of people say if the shadow person approaches them, it pushes on their chest and holds them down. Ah. But scientists think that it's a visual representation of what's happening mentally right. is that you're panicking. And in order to associate your panic and your shallow breathing, your mind goes uh, bloop. It says bloop, your brain. And it must be someone or something pushing on your chest. Right. Your brain wants to give it a reason why it's happening. Yes. Now, I want to get into just a very small story that Roxy had sent us. Okay. So Roxy said that her first real spooky interaction with sleep paralysis occurred when she was in high school and she was sleeping on her back. And she says she rarely sleeps on her back. But sometimes when she does fall asleep on her back, she does experience sleep paralysis. I've heard that, that if you're on your back, you're more likely to experience it than if you sleep on your stomach or your side. Yeah, same here. I don't know why that is. I also don't know. But then that also makes sense if you think about someone or something looming over you and pushing on your chest. Right. If you're on your back, it's easier to get there. She woke up, Roxy woke up, and noticed that the blinds on her windows began to sort of shape shift. The dark shadows aligning and moving slowly down my wall, across the floor, and then up towards her bed. Yeah. The shadows cast from her blinds? No thanks. That makes me want to get rid of my blinds. Yeah, I would say... Screw if, those blinds. Yeah, if I was in sleep paralysis, I'd go, hey, time out. Gross. I'd say, cut it out. Paint our windows black. Yeah, you know, I think that's actually okay. No um, sunlight ever again. <laughs> ever. Uh, <laughs> continuing with Roxy's story, as I lay paralyzed in my peripheral vision, did I say that right? Peripheral I, peripher vision. That's a hard word. It really is, and it's rude that that word exists. Okay. I could see large, black, shapeless masses surrounding me from all sides. You know, I'll say, that sucks. So more than one. <laughs> yeah, masses. Mm -mm. It felt as if darkness was closing in on me, but instead of covering my body, it was watching me. I felt the back of my head begin to tingle and my ears begin to ring louder than I've ever experienced. I sensed danger and the sh as the shadows continued to tauntingly sway around me against my wall. She heard a faint droned whistle, which is scary, and she began violently moving her tongue against her teeth attempting to scream for help but all she was able to produce were like these little whispers Yikes. oh my gosh no what was a whistle you. do they come on the train well <laughs> i don't think roxy ever uh lets us know but roxy i think that a lot of Lindsay and i to act to uh offer our expertise the ghosts were just heading well, there we'll on a train it, how about so she doesn't ever have anything like that again we'll make it not scary for her Okay, I like this. So, like, the blinds started shape-shifting into puppies and rainbows. Okay, I like that. And they danced around the walls. A lot of really good dance moves. And the whistling was because the fun train <laughs> had brought 
the black shadow figures. Which yeah. they seem scary at first, but really they just they just want you to have fun. Yeah, they're 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 wearing their robes and then when they get to your house it's like surprise they take the robes off and it's like this multi-colored high vis fun dance jumpsuit yeah and then they stand and they watch you because they they idolize you and they think that you are the prettiest thing they have ever seen in their lives that is really nice so all of their heads they're not able to talk because they don't have mouths because they just they're just there to dance. they're just there to wiggle and dance yeah. and surround you and all of them think really <laughs> nice thoughts about you i like that a lot and the, the, the very end of Roxy's story, which I think we can turn this into a nice thing. She said the, the back of her head felt like it was catching on fire. But that's just because you were having too much fun. And your yeah, brain like, was working too fast. It was like the saying, like, you're on fire, girl. Yeah. Girl. G-U-R-R-R-L. Girl. You on fire. Because you were just, uh, and I don't know if you remember this, Roxy, but I think you were probably flossing the the dance. That the more people over 30 reference, the lamer it becomes. So I think you and I (laughs) might be doing it a disservice. But that's really creepy. It really is. I'm always scared that I'm going to have it happen to me Mm -hmm. because it's so common. It's very common, apparently. That I'm like, I don't, my brain thinks of some really crazy stuff. Like, I don't want to know what my brain will come up with and I can't move. No, neither do I. Because I've had panic attacks before. Yes, you I have. have. I have those quite often, but like those are scary enough. I can't even imagine sleep paralysis. Yeah, imagine having a panic attack where you can't move and shadow figures are walking around you. When you can't like necessarily like wake up all the way. No, I don't know how. I don't know how you snap out of sleep paralysis. Uh, I'm it sure it happens when it happens. You're you're probably right. Maybe you fall back asleep really quick, and then all of a sudden you just have really good sleep. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but if anybody has any stories that they would like to share with us, if you feel comfortable with us reading a few of them on our show, send us an email if you'd like with some sleep paralysis stories at spookyspousescast at gmail.com. And I want to wait a while and then I want to get back into reading some true IRL stories from our listeners about spooky sleep paralysis stories. Yeah. If, again, if, if you want to share them, go ahead. If you don't, don't. That's okay. Yeah. And if you want me to turn it into something cute so that it doesn't scare you anymore, I could try to do that too. Yeah, maybe we'll 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 do that. Uh, I don't know if it'll help. You know what? I think it will help 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Definitively. Just trying to make the world a better place. Yeah, by talking about train fun fun people. Fun sure. people on a train. Well, that's uh all we have time for, uh but Again, maybe a few, like a uh, few weeks, a month, who knows? I don't want to set a time limit on it, but I'll I'll dive into some more sleep paralysis stuff because I think it's fascinating. It's interesting, yeah. It's scary, but I'm fascinated by it. The brain is a, a weird thing. Oh, yeah, it's impossible. I know. I don't I didn't ever keep up with the research on this real quick, but um speaking of the brain being scary, they are trying to come up with a piece of equipment for police and investigators to I think I've talked about this with you before but when somebody dies if it if they recently just died it's a piece of equipment that actually can get into your brain and remember your last memories Whoa. and the reason they want to do this is because when people are killed yeah they want to know exactly what happened and if they can recall in someone's brain how what they heard smell saw said their last moments, they might be able to solve cases. That piece of technology would save lives. That piece of technology would be arguably one of the best inventions ever, ever on earth. Well, because they their theory is that, you know, you usually die when your heart stops. Yeah. And usually your brain doesn't stop the same time as when all your other organs kind of shut down. Oh, sure. Okay. So... I don't know. It sounds like a crazy a piece of equipment from a sci-fi movie, but it like does. with today's like technology, I don't think that it's unreasonable. And how crazy cool would that be if we can like solve things by using people's memories? That would be insanely cool. And I think if we can develop filters that looks like you're barfing a rainbow when you open your mouth, I think <laughs> that we can probably figure out this technology. Hopefully, maybe. I don't know. I haven't done research. I heard about this like I don't know, maybe like five years ago. Yeah. But I just haven't kept up with it because I haven't heard anything about it. So I don't know where they are with this technology or if they've dropped this technology. But I've always just thought it was a really cool concept. I like that. Cool. (laughs) Cool, dude. (laughs) Well, that's all I have. 
for this week. And then I think collectively that's all we have for this week. Yes. Hey, everybody. We would like to thank Eli Rexford Chambers for writing the music you heard at the beginning, middle, and end of our show. You can find Eli on social media at Eli Who Does Music. And you can especially find him on Twitter nowadays playing a ton of Endless Jeopardy. Which we love Endless Jeopardy. We really do love Endless Jeopardy. Uh, <laughs> follow Endless Jeopardy and play along. It's really fun. You just make up puns. But Eli's been... We, we saw this morning that Eli was playing three hours ago and that would have been at 5 a.m. So Eli, take a nap. Go to bed, Eli. Are you going to suffer from sleep paralysis? Again. Again. <laughs> We'd also like to thank all of our spooky little friend buddies at the Scavengers <laughs> Network. Um, you can find us on the Scavengers Network at thescavengersnetwork.com. Also, you can find them on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Scavengers Network. Check them out. They're great. There's tons of great podcasts. We are on there as well. And we would like to thank each and every one of you for listening to our show, for being supportive, for spreading the word. If you haven't yet, and if you'd like to, go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and rate and review the show. It would help us out. And, and we would subscribe. love it. And subscribe. And subscribe. Do like how the Queer Eye guys like are making everything better. Like help us out. Yeah, please. Or nominate Jordan because he's wearing swim trunks. Man. On a Saturday morning in March in Ohio. I will say, if I was ever nominated for that show, I would love it. I would not be one of those guys who's like, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to do change anything because I'm smart. Uh, one thing, I fully accept that I'm not smart. And I would love to hang out with all those guys and go shopping with Tan. <laughs> Hey, get you out of them those swim trunks. Yeah, that'd be fine. Well, everyone, have a wonderfully. Hopefully, we have a Doug Jones Sunday. I want to have a Doug Jones Sunday, so I'm going to say everyone have a Doug Jones entire week or an Elvira lifetime. Have a Pugsley day. Have a Pugsley Friday <laughs> next this coming Friday. Have a Wednesday Wednesday. Hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> I'm thank clapping you. for Lindsay. That's really good. Have a well, Wednesday, Wednesday. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everyone. And we will see you next Monday. Bye-bye. Bye. Mmm, can't wait to drink this big glass of milk. Cantaloupe milk. Oat milk, cantaloupe milk, coconut milk. <laughs> the Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.